1: Welcome in to Extra Point right here on KDOS AM 1060. As always, follow along with us online at kdos1060.com and with the KDOS 1060 app download the app and register and follow along with the listener rewards available for you. There's a pretty cool prize up on the app happening right now. It is Wednesday. It is November 8th. Bob Camp, Kayla Mortelaro here with you from 11 to 1 as we typically do Mondays, Wednesdays, Thursdays and Fridays. We'll take your phone calls today around 1130 and 1215 if you'd like to chime in. The number is 602-260-1060 602-260-1060 Let's set the scene with today's poll questions And we'll start with the KDOS1060.com poll question As I'm sure you've all heard by now Kyler Murray has been officially activated off the pup list Uh, So if you're just Going off of comments made by head coach Jonathan Gannon from Monday, if all goes well this week, Kyler Murray will be the starter on Sunday when the Cardinals are hosting the Falcons. So the question here is, will Kyler Murray be a difference-making player this season? And yes, has busted out of a 50-50 tie now with 59% of the vote, no trailing at 41%.
0: Yeah, that, that's about as bold a statement as we've had from Gannon regarding any injury for anybody so far this season. So, hopefully, everything works out and uh, Murray's on the field on uh, Sunday. I think the biggest question is going to be: Will he uh, be reluctant to run the ball coming off the injury from last season? Because that's obviously a big part of this game, and not necessarily just running the ball for you know forward yards, but you know running to you know make plays hopefully more outside the pocket than we saw in the Kingsbury days because there was a clear um, difference between when uh, Murray was outside the pocket where he had more success, in my opinion, uh, than it was when he was trying to just throw over offensive linemen that he can't see over. And, uh, you know, the metrics back this part up is that, you know, when he's throwing the ball in the middle of the field his career, it's been pretty awful results for the most part.
1: We'll certainly get into much more about uh, Kyler Murray as offensive coordinator Drew Petzing may, met the media yesterday, so we'll dive into some of those comments here momentarily. But tossing it on over to Twitter, at AM 1060 is Baltimore the second-best team in the AFC? And yes, remains out in front at 100% of the vote.
0: Yeah, some believe that the Dolphins are still the second-best team, even though the Dolphins have not beat a with, uh, beaten a team with a beaten a team with a record above 500 since September of 2022, not 2023, 2022. Uh, there's also some other people, and I'm kind of looking, to, you know, trying to move my hand upward a little bit here, that the Bengals are the second-best team uh, in the AFC. Uh, They play, by the way, Uh, the Bengals and the Ravens are scheduled to play next week, not this Sunday or this this, Thursday or this week, but they're they're, they're scheduled to play next week, and that should be a game to look forward to. I'm not necessarily sure I'm looking forward to a whole lot, if any, NFL games this week, Uh, but next week's schedule looks like it's got a couple of uh, juicy matchups, including that one.
1: You know, that kind of really stinks about the scheduling situation there, though, because the Ravens have a tough contest this Sunday against the Browns. I mean, that defense is obviously going to be a physical bruising game, any game in the AFC North is. And then it's such a short turnaround for the Bengals and the Ravens on Thursday night. So while excited for a quality Thursday night matchup uh, with so much riding on that particular AFC North implication there, I'd like to have a full week of health heading into that one.
0: That's true, but I, if I'm not mistaken the Ravens are home this week too, right against the Browns, so at least they wouldn't be traveling.
1: I swear they're like that's actually 3 weeks in a row for them being at home. Yeah. They were home well, against the Sox.
0: Yeah, I think we mentioned that in our we did our preseason previews of the division a long time ago. There was some remember the Browns had all these home games and then they had like you know, they got a whole bunch of they they've got a funky schedule in the opposite direction that they play a bunch of road games and it, it's a, an uneven schedule and Pittsburgh had a lot of home games too. So don't know what's going on there, but you know, I'm not a schedule maker nor have I ever tried to figure out a schedule. So I get it sort of kind of, well, if you're not.
1: watching <laughs> the Amazon prime games, uh, they frequently tell us that they're no longer doing schedules by hand because that takes months. They now use the AWS software and they can crank out schedules quickly.
0: Yeah considering my uh experience with software uh a shocking revelation here i'm not familiar with that software
1: <laughs> <laughs> but we will officially uh answer that poll question around 12 30 today as i mentioned phone call time for you 11 30 and 12 15 602 260 1060 it was sort of a weird day in sports yesterday because you had no nba you had no nfl obviously uh the college hoops though was back in action you had college football playoff rankings being released. And then you also had the news um according to reports, and I think it's now beneficially confirmed because there is media availability today. The Diamondbacks have extended manager Tory Lovello through the twenty twenty six season. That was something that we discussed uh, in Friday's show. Uh you know, how how much of an importance that would be for Lovello to get a contract extension.
0: Yeah, kind of pretty much a no brainer. And, yeah, Mike Hazen, I believe, is under contract through 2027 is I believe that's correct. I think it's 2028
1: with an option for
0: 2029. Oh, So So thank you. Uh, There's that. So, yeah, we'll see. I wonder, LaBello, I wonder if he had more, a little more bargaining power after Craig Council broke the bank in Chicago this week
1: maybe uh so that's great news there for the diamondbacks to extend tori lovello as for the local teams uh for college hoops you have asu men's basketball getting their season started tonight facing mississippi state in illinois for a little tournament here uh 7 30 is when that contest gets going and then for u of a men they play again on friday at duke 5 p.m on espn 2 so that's uh locally on the hardwood for asu and u of a Now, when it comes to the Arizona Cardinals here, we mentioned it. It's official. The Arizona Cardinals have activated Kyler Murray off of the pup yesterday. If all goes well this week, he's expected to start Sunday hosting the Falcons. The other bit of news from this morning is that James Conner was designated to return from IR. So that means that his 21-day window has officially been open. So we'll continue to monitor that situation if that means he's available for Sunday or if he'll use all 21 days. Offensive coordinator Drew Petzing, though, he met the media yesterday, fielding a variety of different questions about Murray, the offensive line, Clayton Toon from last week. So let's get started with some of those takeaways from Petsing yesterday. The question to him was how challenging Uh, was not having many week one starters on the field and then losing more starters throughout the game as it went on in that contest Sunday against the Browns. He said, I think that's the nature of the NFL. Injuries are a big part of the league, unfortunately, so it's next man up. We got to have those guys ready to play. They need to have themselves ready to play. That's always going to be true. I think it's something we are going to deal with year in and year out.
0: Yeah, the the next man up BS that we hear from every team uh, again here. I actually think the next man uh, BS is even uh, more BS from the Cardinals because most of the guys that actually have gotten hurt for them this year aren't all that good to start with
1: next up here was a question about the offensive line this is very valid seeing dj humphreys uh leave that contest will hernandez leave that contest on sunday you were already down uh your left guard uh heading into last week as well so how do you feel about the offensive line Uh, do you have enough protection for kyler He says, absolutely. I think at the end of the day, the five people we are going to put out there, we're going to feel good about. Certainly wish everyone was healthy. Always going to wish that, but feel very confident, whoever is asked to go out there on Sunday, that they get the job done. I thought it would be interesting to go through the ESPN's win rates and see what I could find in terms of what metrics say about this Cardinals offensive line. Interestingly enough, what popped individually was interior offensive linemen run block win rate, and it went to Will Hernandez, who actually ranks third with a 78% win rate, seeing 51% double teams. As for a team in totality, pass block win rate is 51%, which ranks 23rd. Run block win rate is 70%, which ranks 22nd. I think
0: that all matches up with uh, the alleged eye test. Uh, even though I will say, I assume, I mean, if it's not, if, if if this isn't the case, those numbers aren't accurate, there is no question that the Cardinals offensive line, win healthy, has gotten worse in pass protection, I think badly worse, and significantly worse as the season has continued. Usually you expect, especially when you've got, you know, they've had you know till this past week, they've had four of their, you know, five starters, you know, start every game so far this year, et cetera. Uh, usually that gives you an idea, or usually the result is that those guys improve during the season, clearly in pass blocking and the Cardinals have been behind in almost every game here of late so you know they're chasing points almost from the start of a game you know th- that that is disturbing and uh you know they they have been awful in pass protection win healthy for several weeks now
1: Yeah, that has been interesting because I know that you had grave concerns about the offensive line heading into the season. And then, uh, you know, kind of seeing things unfold, you were like, well, you know what? This offensive line is actually holding their own. So I was just sort of curious to know, you know, what sort of like was the the scheme that was kind of helping those guys have success? Maybe it was a combination of both. As more more tape was being shown on the Cardinals' defenses, were able to find ways to to infiltrate that offensive line.
0: Yeah, I don't understand these numbers at all, quite frankly, because I think they've sucked. Uh, yeah, they're they run you know, they they run the ball, but you know most of the guys that are, you know run the ball, Dobbs isn't here. And they haven't run the ball as well since James Conner left, even though DeMarcano has had a couple of decent games. Uh, But, you know, I don't think that anybody, if they've actually watched the games from start to finish and watched the games, thinks that the Cardinals' offensive line is any good, win healthy. And, you know, D.J. Humphreys, who's been a good player, uh, has not had a good season at all, left tackle. I don't know if the numbers back that up or not. I don't really care. I watch every game, and he has not been nearly as good as he has been in past years.
1: When it comes to uh, the evaluation process of Clayton Toon, the question to offensive coordinator Drew Petzing was, did you get to see enough out of Clayton Toon to see where he is, or is it too small of a sample size with just Sunday's game? Petzing said, I thought it was a good start, certainly room for improvement from me, from him, from all of us, but we see him every day in practice. It was great to see him get a little game experience, but that's never going to be a finished product.
0: Yeah, once again, the BS meter is hitting as high as it can get here. Uh, he was horrible. He had really no chance because of the offensive line that we just talked about here. But I think that uh, if you watch the preseason, yeah, he showed some running skills. I was very disappointed personally in his passing accuracy during the preseason when he had plenty of snaps and opportunities, et cetera, uh, because I thought when I watched him at the University of Houston that he had a chance in the NFL maybe i'm just being too harsh and judging on a small small sample size which is that that part's certainly true it's a small sample size but i just thought that he would have gotten better and once again i'm starting to wonder about this offense in general as far as you know the offensive line has gotten worse and Toon uh you know, got, got worse really during the preseason so can they develop players on the offensive side of the ball i think is a legitimate question here the guys that have had success have already you know, established themselves in the NFL before this coaching staff got here.
1: Well, obviously, next up for Drew Petzing, he had quite a lengthy media session yesterday because plenty of conversation and question about Kyler Murray and his return. We'll get to that on the other side of the break. Plenty of, uh, you know, how to manage expectations for Kyler's first start, what they would like to see from him. And then this question that we asked you know cliff kingsbury a lot too when he was here and running this offense and when we broke down the numbers about how often they were in shotgun versus how often they were under center will we see kyler under center what will we see from this offense we'll get into that with what uh, offensive coordinator drew petzing had to say yesterday when he met with the media plus today around 11 30 and 12 15. It's your turn to interact. 602-260-1060 is the number. If you'd like to join the conversation, we'll do that 11 30 and 12 15 today. It is the extra point right here on KDOS AM 1060 online at KDOS 1060.com and with the KDOS 1060 app.
0: Listen to rewards for you with the KTUS 1060 app. Download today to hear all of the national and local shows you love. That's the KTUS 1060 app.
1: extra point here on KDOS AM 1060. As always, follow along with us online at kdos1060.com and with the KDOS 1060 app. Suggest you download that app and register and follow along with some listener rewards options available to you. Something pretty cool hoops related up and operational right now in the KDOS 1060 app. Let's continue on with the Arizona Cardinals discussion in preparation here for Kyler Murray to make his debut in the 2023 NFL season, uh, returning from the ACL surgery and rehab and everything that goes into getting yourself prepped and ready to come back. Uh, when offensive coordinator Drew Petzing met the media yesterday, he was asked an abundance of questions and no short of questions and comments from him about Kyler Murray. So let's get into some of that here. Uh, question to Petzing: what does maximizing Kyler's skill set mean to you? For him, he says, I think playing to his strengths, the things he's done well in his career, the things that make him a dynamic player, certainly we've seen that from the mobility, from the arm talent to the vision. I mean, all of it. He's a very complete quarterback. So building around, building around what he's comfortable doing and making sure he's ready to do it on Sunday is a big part of making sure he's ready to go. Yeah,
0: this is all part of uh, boosting up his stock. Uh, If you believe that, great. If you don't believe that, I think that's more accurate because I don't think there's too many people, even Murray's biggest fans here, that believe he is maxed out when he's been healthy here as the starting quarterback with the Cardinals. I think the only people that thought otherwise, or at least a couple of people, uh, were Steve Kime and Cliff Kingsbury, and both those guys are out of jobs in part because Murray underperformed.
1: How should expectations be tempered with Kyler and, you know, discussing any rust factor? Petsing's answer, yeah, I think anytime you do something for the first time in a while, it's hard, especially being in a new system, new teammates. It's week 10 and you're coming off an injury. I compare it like, look at what an offense looks like their first 10 plays in preseason – week one week one week five week ten it's no different with any individual player. so there is going to be some growth some bumps along the road I know he's ready to handle that certainly we're prepared to handle that but that's reality when you're doing something for the first time
0: okay this is the first thing that you know, you've mentioned about what he said yesterday that I think is not complete bs I think that this is I think uh you know legitimate And, uh, obviously, when we watch him play on Sunday, uh, you know, the things that I think we're going to look for, at least I'm going to look for, is he still going to be, you know, willing to, you know, run the ball, not just necessarily running the ball for yardage down the field, but, you know, play action, uh, whether it's, you know, rollouts, which they didn't do enough of when Kingsbury was here, which we talked about. Fre- frequently when Kingsbury was here. Those kind of things. Uh, Will be able to, you know, Rick Bride's been you know, interesting tight end so far, but he's mainly a uh, you know, middle-of-the-field you know, pass catcher. Will Murray be able to get the ball over the mid- Oh, you know, in the middle of the field accurately over the offensive lineman? Which, you know, I don't think Murray has gotten any taller since we last saw him. Uh, that's been a big problem in his career. Will that happen? Hopefully. Michael Wilson will be healthy enough to play in this game, and they'll be able to develop some rapport between those two. Uh, Either, you know, know, it would be great if it were, like, immediately, but at least uh, at some point before the end of the season.
1: More takeaways here from offensive coordinator Drew Petzing. How comfortable is Kyler being the new him? Uh, He says that's the growth and development that you're going to see from him throughout his career, regardless of scheme or system or teammates. I think that's just part of being a pro and getting older and starting to have more experience. He certainly embraced that. It's been really fun to be a part of it because he's worked so hard at it, because he's asking great questions and because he's really engaged.
0: Yeah, I'll just let that be. I mean, that you know, sounds fine, but uh, you know, I don't think we're gonna really know until we actually see him in a field, uh, on a field, in a game against uh, guys that are trying to yeah you know, hit him. <laughs> you know, you know, as opposed to whatever they've done in practice the last three weeks, whatever that might be. I, uh, you know, that these got, I'm sure he's got you know, a black jersey on or a red jersey on or whatever jersey they're wearing to that don't hit the quarterback jersey whatever color that is uh so you know it's going to be a little different when the Calais Campbells of the world were trying to you know tackle him and and help their team win
1: uh then specifically what do you want to see from Kyler on Sunday and he said with a chuckle no incomplete passes and five to eight touchdowns a game then he went on to say here, I think the big thing is just going to be clean from an operational standpoint of decision-making, in and out of the huddle, communication with me, communication with his teammates, making sure that his feet are comfortable, his eyes are in the right place, and the ball is going where it needs to go. I think that's going to be a big part of getting his feet back under him as he's starting to play at full speed again.
0: Yeah, you know, if he's throwing five to eight touchdowns again, I'm going to try to trade for him in my fantasy league the next break we have here. <laughs>
1: I do think that that's uh, something interesting to note because we are, have discussed the Russ factor thing. But also, you know, the practice that he has had, uh, you know, at what rate of speed are you going at in practice versus game day? And so uh, just kind of settling in and having the game t- come to you, not being overwhelmed with the speed of the game, I think is an important point there from Petsing.
0: Totally agree with you on that. Yes, no question.
1: And then finally here, uh, the takeaways from petting, are you comfortable with Kyler under center? He says, I would say he's been in the shotgun, but I wouldn't say under center is not a strength of his, if that makes sense. He was in an offense that didn't put him under center by nature of the scheme, but I don't think it was any limitations of his ability. So I have no fear of putting him under center. I'm not going to tell you we're going to be 80, 90, 100 percent of the time, but he could be under center for the first snap of the game, and I wouldn't hesitate.
0: Yeah, I think that's actually another thing to really pay attention to on Sunday because yeah, I didn't watch him in high school, uh, but I certainly watched him at OU and with the Cardinals, and seldom has he been under center. So if he's under center with frequency, that's going to be a big change for him. And uh, yeah, also factoring in the lack of height factor here, Um I think that that would be uh, – I would think it would be easier for him to read a defense and diagnose a play if he were in shotgun, quite frankly, than under center.
1: Uh, You know, for me here, looking at all of this, there's obviously going to be so much attention on Kyler Murray if he does, in fact, get the start here on Sunday, trending in that direction, obviously. Rightfully so. The money that has been paid to him signifies he's a franchise quarterback. Whether you believe it's a showcase, whether you believe it's seeing him uh, develop in this new offensive scheme, there's plenty to pay attention to, especially since the season itself has been incredibly rough. Uh, it almost felt like rock bottom there last week for the team. So you have all these expectations and hope heaped upon him, and it's keeping those realities in check because, one, I think – There's plenty of things that are very real about what's about to happen on Sunday. The offensive line being first and foremost here, will the offensive line give him protection to allow plays to develop, take some jeep shot opportunities, set up any sort of ground game? Can the offensive line provide those protections or is he going to be uh, responsible for creating all the plays on the fly?
0: They might be able to generate a running game, whether it's him or somebody else. Or, you know, obviously if James Conner is back, that would help immensely because, you know, D.Marcado has had some good moments, but he's not a starting running back in the NFL. Conner is. Unfortunately, Conner is now, once again, he's never made it through an NFL season healthy from start to finish. And uh, no matter how many games it's been, 16 or 17, he's not played one full season yet. So I think they might be able to run the ball, but I would be stunned if this pass protection, which we've mentioned many times, including earlier this hour, which has gotten worse during the season, is going to be any better on Sunday because, you know, one thing that Atlanta does have is they, well, they have one less than they did, unfortunately, because they've had defensive line injuries, but they do have some pass rushers.
1: Uh, Next up on my list here is just watching Murray and the type of plays. Are we going to see some more bootlegs? Are we going to see called scrambles for him, called run plays for him, like we did so often with Josh Dobbs? Are we going to see him creating something from nothing? Uh, But then to your point that you made earlier here, when he's doing all of that and asked to do all of that, is he ready to trust the knee? And does he have that same explosiveness that we've seen before?
0: You know, what's also I was, just t- I was talking about some uh, with somebody about this on Monday. Uh, is, you know, what are, what is the Cardinals' offense? I don't really know. I mean, you mentioned, uh, yeah, Dobbs did some rollouts, but a lot of those were because he was running for his life and they weren't designed rollouts. So here we are, X number of games into the season, and I'm still an exact, not exactly sure what this offense is, as what the scheme actually is and what they prefer and so forth because there's just been so many plays that have been bad from the start because of the offensive line play.
1: That leads into my third point, that he is learning a new offense, so maybe this is now where we – do see what the real offense is supposed to be, especially if you can get a James Conner back, especially if you get a Michael Wilson healthy and playing and can stretch the field a little bit more. Um, so maybe we, we start to see the beginnings of what this offense can be. But again, we have to kind of, I think, temper those expectations just yeah. because of rust factor um, and who's out there, or who's not on the field.
0: I would be pleasantly surprised that when we leave Glendale on Sunday that we have a better idea what the Cardinals' offense is now as opposed to the confusion, at least confusion for me, as to what it's supposed to look like.
1: Uh, Transferring over to the defensive side of the football here, uh, defensive coordinator Nick Rawlis, he also met the media yesterday. Uh, A couple of things stood out to me in terms of what uh, he had to say. He was specifically asked about what he's seeing from Buda Baker, Jalen Thompson, and Garrett Williams. You have two safeties there and the nickel position. He says those three are playing at a high level right now. I think they are playing good together, and I think we got to continue to really as a whole defense and as a back seven continue to create that continuity between each other, communication, making checks, all getting on the same page. So that uh, move that you can get guys playing together consistently and practice. Practice in the games, the more that they are comfortable out there with each other. The more those guys can play together, the more that they'll feel comfortable out there, and it's rhythmic at that point playing with each other. Um, I'm just curious because is that potentially a future that we're seeing from that those positions? I know that there was all the talk in the offseason about Buda Baker. Uh, we had some of the injuries with Jalen Thompson and then Garrett Williams being a rookie this year, getting out there after he spent uh, the entire offseason on the pup list.
0: Well, I think one thing we've been consistent about even for two or three years now is that you know, Thompson and Baker are legitimate NFL starters. I think there's only three legitimate NFL starters on their defense. Uh, would, you know, what I mean by legitimate would be starting on a large you know, number or at least a majority of teams in the NFL. I think that White is the other one. Uh, and then, I, you know, I'm not buying the Marco Wilson crap. I mean, he's, he's not a good player. Uh, he should be a you know, nickel or dime defensive back. And on a good team, he would not, there's not a chance in hell he would be a starter. On a good team in the NFL – Uh, But, you know, those two guys, uh, the the two safeties are really good. Williams, I think that about the only thing that was a positive, not about the only thing, the only thing that was a positive last Sunday in Cleveland is he made a couple more plays, but we've only seen him for two weeks. And he's got unfortunately for him, an injury history in college.
1: And finally the last thing of note from Nick Rollis here, and really I'm mentioning it because I know you have an opinion here about Taylor Heineke. Nick Rawlis had his thoughts on Taylor Heineke, who is set to get the start once again for the Falcons. He's a guy who can go out and win any Sunday, has that playmaking ability. He can go out there and sling it, he can throw the ball on time. When they scheme it up and guys are open, he knows how to get it off on time. When it's not there, he's got the ability to extend plays, he can take off and run, or he can extend to throw, and that's what really has made him so dangerous you just don't know you got to bring your a game against taylor heineke i think he's a good player
0: <laughs> you could bring your z game against taylor heineke and uh you know, be successful uh you know damn, this is total coach speak i mean he can't possibly think that highly of taylor heineke he's not a i'm, I'm, I'm assuming he's not related to him uh but he he's a There's a reason that he's been on a couple of teams, and after this year, I'm guessing he'll be on another team in the NFL because the Falcons, I assume, will go get a real quarterback in the offseason because they currently don't have one on their roster.
1: Speaking of quarterbacks, I was looking at Frank Schwab of Yahoo Sports Power Rankings, but before he got into the power rankings, he discussed quarterbacks. Quarterback play has been something you and I have talked a lot about this season. Uh, We opened up, you know, this week discussing how many rookies were starting or forced into action due to injury. So Frank had some research uh, piggybacking off of some of the other things that I uh, put together to talk about the quarterback play and what we're seeing i guess transpire because of the quarterback play in the nfl and then we'll get into his power rankings as well a little bit later on we'll take your phone calls if you'd like to 602-260-1060 is the number but we'll get into some quarterback and nfl discussion on the other side of the break it is the extra point
0: Have you downloaded the KTUS 1060 app yet? Download today and get all of your favorite local and national shows right on your phone.
1: Rolling right along here on a Wednesday, November 8th edition of Extra Point bob camp kayla mortellaro here with you up until 1 p.m as we typically do mondays wednesdays thursdays and fridays as i was setting up before we were going to break frank schwab of yahoo sports put together his power rankings so we'll get into his power rankings here momentarily but he was dissecting quarterback play across the nfl something that we've discussed frequently um maybe i have been more exasperated than you about the the poor quarterback play and therefore the quality of these nfl games uh being disheartening to me so um yeah so maybe that's where this fueling this conversation here no, in-
0: I, i'm not i'm not disagreeing with you <laughs> but you, you you're definitely uh i think uh more into this than me but i'm i'm there's no denying that this is happening none no for sure possibly and the red zone numbers are just atrocious throughout the league for the most part
1: and I think maybe uh we don't disagree on it I'm just more um surprised is probably not the right word but uh you know maybe you just had more tempered expectations than I did for the quality this season
0: yeah I'm not surprised it actually we've had some pockets of bad quarterback play in this league before I don't ever remember where there's more guys that are actually getting you know substantial time at the quarterback position that really don't be really don't deserve be it's the level of uh quarterbacks in this league it was really bad the first part of this century, quite frankly uh but you know seemed to get better and it certainly was better for a few years there for sure. Yes, obviously the Bradys and the Breezes have you know, finally retired. <laughs> that doesn't help any. But you know, man, I don't remember, you know, at least in the last 10 years, this level of low quarterback efficiency. Let's put it that way.
1: Yeah, well, let's just stick there. Uh, Kind of talking about the replacement part of things. So I think you're naturally going to have a drop-off when you have uh, the inability to replace guys who played for so long at such a high level. And even when we talked about them uh, for the back, Three, four years of their career, I I think, was still better than what we've seen the replacement be so far. And just some of those examples, uh, you know, the Falcons, they're still searching for a Matt Ryan replacement. Uh, The Buccaneers this year have Baker Mayfield, but he replaced Tom Brady. Uh, The Patriots, Mac Jones, he replaced Tom Brady. The Packers, Jordan Love, he replaced Aaron Rodgers. The Steelers, Kenny Pickett replaced Big Ben. The Saints now have Derek Carr replace Drew Brees. Those are just some examples of like uh, uh, just just the person that is in that position is an automatic drop-off.
0: Agreed, but I will say that Derek Carr has been much better here in the last couple of weeks. Very similar, uh, if not as good as the Derek Carr that we saw in his Raiders days. Uh, so you know he clearly had a shoulder issue he shouldn't have been playing uh, for at least a week or two there and he did uh, but you know he has thrown the ball down the field with uh yeah, you know, frequency and some accuracy uh, in the last couple of games here so I think there's a little hope for the Saints and I would also say of those other guys you just mentioned this is hard to for, for anybody to admit that uh, Baker Mayfield's probably been the second best guy of the ones you just mentioned there
1: you're 100 right behind,
0: uh, behind only car <laughs> uh
1: yeah I mean you're 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 not wrong there uh one of the first questions that Frank Schwab of Yahoo Sports posed in his article and I think it's worth asking the question how many quarterbacks are playing better than their expectation this season yeah the answer is a very short list and when i was thinking it through i'm not really sure i came up with anyone i mean maybe you could say dak prescott because the turnovers and the interceptions have been um down uh maybe you could say the start of matthew stafford but now he's hurt so i'm not really sure that that counts in this category but yeah the the list is very short in terms of playing above their expectation this year
0: cj Stroud count because he certainly has
1: okay we can definitely say him i guess i had no expectations for him so um just because we had nothing to judge it upon but you're right he has been fantastic and if you want to talk about him uh he has actually thrown more touchdown passes in his rookie season 14 than kenny pickett has thrown in his entire career with 13 (laughs)
0: Oh boy. There's all kind. Actually, I saw a list. I wish I'd had it with me. I don't know. I actually heard a list of all the quarterbacks that Stroud has thrown more touchdowns in this season. And some of them are really established good NFL quarterbacks. <laughs> so he's been pretty amazing. Uh, and he had the one game, which was weird at Carolina, where he wasn't amazing and they somehow lost that game. But other than that, I mean, he's been pretty good. Most games.
1: Absolutely. So Frank comes with uh, quarterback passer rating numbers here. He says a four-year period from 2018 to 2021 in which the quarterback passer rating was above 90 each season. So that was the average in the league, above 90 each season. The best out of that four-year period came in 2020 with 936 In 2022, it has dipped to 89.1. In 2023, before Monday's game when he tabulated it, it was at 89.3. And then he adds, think about this, though. The winning quarterback from Monday Night Football had a passer rating of (laughs) 65.4.
0: Yeah, I would actually throw out the 2020 numbers because there weren't fans in the stands, right? so that, that's the
1: first thing i thought of when i saw 2020 being the the yeah. peak number there
0: yeah it's not like there, there was intimidation by the home crowd for visiting quarterbacks so you know that, i pretty much you know, i've used that as an excuse because i had a horrendous handicapping season in 2020 so i just blame everything on the damn pandemic
1: We've talked a lot about uh, rookies being thrust into action last week, this entire season, whether it was starting or filling in mid-game. Plus, then you've had some other backups have to start, too. Um, Just in last week alone, you had Clayton Toon having 27 passing yards through three quarters. He ended the game 11 of 20, 58 yards and two interceptions. Tommy DeVito was thrust into action in week eight. He was two of seven for minus one yard versus the Jets. Then he was thrust into action week nine versus the Raiders. It was a slow start. It did get a little bit better there. 15 of 20, 175 yards. You have Brett Ripon, who has since been cut by the Rams. He was 13 of 28 for 130 yards and one interception. But it's not just the backups who are struggling here. You're seeing a drop-off in established quarterbacks, too. Geno Smith is not the same that we've seen from 2022. For him this year, nine touchdowns, seven interceptions, and a 65.2% completion percentage. And then specific to last week, in Germany, you had Mahomes and Tua finishing the game with each less than 200 yards passing, and both offenses had a half where they scored no points.
0: Okay, let's see if I can remember all this. Let's start with that first group that you had there. Uh, you know, those guys you know, are not good quarterbacks. They shouldn't be starting NFL quarterbacks, but all those guys are operating against uh, behind, I think, bad offensive lines, and some of those offensive lines have had injuries. Uh, part two to this is uh, – you know, I forgot what part two was. My bad. I remember part three. Oh, Geno uh, Smith. Was it wasn't
1: just back Geno, Geno yeah, Smith. Yeah,
0: yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, Geno. Geno. I, I'm, I'm clearly convinced now that he just had a fluke season last year because he was bad in his NFL career when he got to New York with the Jets. He was bad when he left. He's been bouncing around. He's just not good. I mean, I've seen enough, and you know, I think that we've got like seven, eight, ten years of you know, evidence that he's just not any good. Um, so there's that. As far as the Miami and and Kansas City game, I just, I'm completely convinced that none of these games played outside of this country are ever any good. And if you wanted to dispute that, then give me a list of games that have actually been of high quality anywhere, whether it be in London or in Germany or in Mars or wherever they're playing. These games never seem to be really of any decent quality of football, ever, for years.
1: Yeah it hasn't been it hasn't been great Um, my counter to that is the Dolphins are 0 for 3 against teams above 500 this season and the Chiefs have struggled maybe that's a byproduct of what their expectations have been previously to what we expect an offense for the Chiefs to look like
0: no I don't disagree it's not you know no doubt about that but I mean it, it they look like completely different teams and you know, I thought you know, the chiefs were completely out of gas before that game and you know it was they just uh, they haven't had their full team out there very often and they have the they've had the most drop uh, drop passes of any wide receiver group in the NFL this year and that does back up what you see with your eyes and the metrics back that up and apparently they're not even close uh, they've had by far the most drop passes from wide receivers this year
1: I think we also could throw in, and I didn't, uh, in the category of it's not just backups. When we were talking about Geno Smith, we could also throw in Josh Allen into that category.
0: Yeah, well, he's hurt. I mean, he wasn't great before he got hurt. There's no doubt that his shoulder's been messed up for two or three weeks now.
1: We'll get into the the uh, power rankings part of Frank Schwab of Yahoo Sports on the other side of the break.
0: Check out the Doug Gottlieb show Monday through Friday, one to three p.m. right here on KDUS AM 1060.
1: Wrapping up hour number one of Extra Point on this Wednesday, November eighth. Bob Camp, Caitlin Mortolaro here with you up until one p.m. today, as we typically do Mondays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays. We went a little long there with my exasperation over the quarterback play in the NFL, so we'll have to do. Well
0: worth it, though. That was good. That uh, that last segment, I think, was excellent. Not most segments are excellent, but that was, like, most excellent.
1: Oh, okay very good uh that was an a plus plus rating is what you're saying
0: yeah as opposed to a plus yeah, usually usually pretty good but yeah, you know, i never got an a plus let alone the a plus plus so there you go <laughs> um
1: so we'll get into his power rankings here and we'll start with number 10 and then we'll finish things up to get things started in our number two uh number 10 for frank schwab is the browns they're sitting at five and three we obviously know what this browns defense is capable i'm not not really sure that we can take anything away from their game on sunday uh so for me i still have question marks about deshaun watson and his health uh and then if he is healthy is he making good throws is he making good decisions and i think him being at uh i I don't even know if i can even say him being at texans level deshaun watson is what's needed but just being above above average i think sets this team apart from where it is with pj walker
0: oh there's no doubt i mean you know, you and i and three of our best friends could be uh you know could be the offensive line and uh, you know we would be uh, providing some pass protection however now uh, jedrick wills they made an announcement that he's not going to be out for the rest of the season but he's gonna be out for a long time obviously he was injured in that cardinals game on sunday they're already without their you know, right tackle, the dude from Michigan State, whose name is just totally escaping me at the moment. But uh, he, he's already out for the season, and he's missed a couple of uh, you know, years now with injury. Uh, so now they're without both their starting tackles for a lengthy period of time.
1: We'll get into much more of this to kickstart our number two. We'll also dive into the college football playoff rankings One through four remained unchanged from yesterday's latest edition. Plus, we'll take your phone calls around 1215-602-260-1060 is the number if you'd like to chime in. It is the Extra Point right here on KDOS AM 1060. Follow along with us online at kdos1060.com and with the KDOS 1060.
0: That's the guy.
1: Jack Conklin, there you go.
0: Yeah, yeah, thank you sorry about that but at least I got in before the end of the hour
1: <laughs> uh we will yeah exactly so we'll be back with you on the other side of the break to kickstart hour number two.